Cheryl Reeve is in Los Angeles. Her team's coming off an important victory in Atlanta. Uh, by the way, Cheryl, uh, you have been playing a lot of road games lately. Most of your remaining games are on the road. Is is that difficult? Has that been bothersome, or, did, or are you so focused on just on results right now that you aren't even thinking about it too much? Well, I guess here's the thing that um, there's 36 games and there's 18 home and there's 18 away. So there's, if we right. if we're uh, spending most of our life on the road, that means that that we've had uh, and we know this. We had a six game home stand, and so uh, everybody has moments in their schedule. Hey, if you're you're at home a lot in the beginning, you're going to be on the road a lot at the end, and that's just how it works. And you know, a team like LA that we're about to play uh, spent most of their uh, beginning of their season through the better part of you know nearly a darn third uh, of playing mostly road games because of the LA Lakers potential uh, playoff conflicts that, that that never came to fruition. So, uh, you know, everybody has their things, and you know, at the end of the day, when you tally them up, it's eighteen and eighteen. Um, you know, if, if we would have won more home games, this might be less painful. Um, you know, this is this was uh, an unfortunate home season for us. You know, particularly the beginning of the season. So, uh, win your home games, and then and then you know that you know you could be tough enough at times to win on the road, which is obviously difficult to do. She's Cheryl Reeve. This is the Cheryl Reeve Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Our producer is Brianne Burdett. Uh, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Thanks to Livia and all of our other sponsors we'll be telling you about here shortly. So you beat Atlanta, and you're, you know, you're still in it. I mean, uh, two games out of the, the playoff spot behind both Los Angeles, who you play on Sunday, and Dallas. Uh, you know, a game and a half behind Atlanta, you just beat, tied with the Liberty. Uh, so I don't know if coaches think in these terms the way fans and outsiders do, but are you feeling hopeful, optimistic? How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably um, we want to be opportunistic is, is probably where we are, uh, the state of our team. And and like you said, the, the remaining schedule and, you know, maybe more difficult than some of the others that we're uh, competing with for a playoff spot. But, you know, what we've decided to do is control what we can control, which is what we generally like to do. But particularly in this case, that we want to make sure that if an opportunity presents itself because a couple of teams above us falter, we want to make sure that we're in position to capitalize on that. So being opportunistic in that way, uh, that's what we're locked in on. And obviously that Atlanta game was an important uh, part of that process. And, you know, our mindset will be the same uh, against LA, you know, who, who was playing well, um, despite having gone through uh, some change and some, some injuries. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, super amped, uh, you know, to play that home game. Cause you got to win your home games. And, and when you do that, um, you know, there, there's a path to playoffs. And uh, so, so for us, you know, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully continue to put, put our best foot forward, which is, you know, things start with our defense when we've done that uh, this season. And, and frankly, it's been the, it's been our path to success uh, for the better part of a decade. When we do that, um, which is what we did in Atlanta, we're able to play freely off of our offense. And, um, and then when that stopped uh, in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, uh, then, then things get really difficult. So we got to make sure we take care of the ball uh, and, and do winning things and winning things means attention to detail. We, I think so often uh, fandom and, and writers, we tend to talk about defense almost as if it's just about effort. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. What for you is the key to coaching defense and getting your players to respond and play good defense? Well, we've always been a team that believed in, in dictating. Um, so that's always been at the core. And so what does that mean precisely? So when we scout a team and we know that a team likes to either play through the trail post or play through the elbow or, you know, generally you have to make a first pass, a second pass to kind of get into your actions. And so we try to pinpoint those locations 
where we can be disruptive. Uh, that's the dictating part. If you're three feet off of people, you're not dictating anything. And when we, whenever we've done that, we've been a very poor defensive team. And so we've really tried to lock in on, you know, kind of the the, the point of the defense. So Mariah's ball pressure, uh, that's something that always starts with. Um, getting our post players to buy into uh, denying in the trail, denying of an elbow, if that's where a team wants to go. Um, and then I think just, you know, the thing that we've really relied on uh, because we're outmatched often uh, athletically in a one-on-one situation is our help defense. And um, I, I would say that that's probably the thing we're most pleased with, that uh, we were really poor uh, for probably half a season of protecting the paint, you know, bringing the help. Uh, and once one player helps, you know, um, the, the player that got beat, uh, then you have three other players that have to to be in motion behind that player. Uh, and so it's t- it's been a process, but we've We've really locked in on that. Uh, we've made a choice um, that we said, we, you know, you can't give up both. You can't give up the paint and the three-point line. And that's what we were doing. And so we picked. You have to pick your poison. And for us, we're going to protect the paint. You know, we, we believe that's that's the path. And occasionally you're going to have a team that's going to hit threes. Like we played Vegas. Does it feel very good to leave people open for threes? No, it doesn't. You know, you're not trying to leave them open, but you've got to get your rotation. And for us, you know, athletically it takes us a little bit more to get there. But we've really committed to that points in a paint. Uh, you'll see when we're doing that well, we tend to, to de- uh, tend to play well defensively. Obviously, Brunson was a great defender. Who was your second best defender on your championship teams? Uh, teams that had Sylvia Fowles on it. Uh, Brunson and Sill. <laughs> Brunson yeah. and Sill. Uh, Who was your best perimeter defender? Um, it depends on what year it was. 2011, it was Simone Augustus. Um, and when she came off that injury, she was, she was awfully talented and she should have been an all, all defensive team, but, um, you know, she had a reputation of not being that defender. So it was hard for people to envision her that way, but she was, she, uh, she had, you know, size and length and we really counted on her. Um, Maya was interesting. Maya was not a good one-on-one defender. Um, you know, would kind of take herself out of plays, et cetera. But Maya was our best deflection player. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just had instincts. And, and, you know, sometimes you just got to let a player like that go, you know, drive you crazy, you know, in maybe the initial schemes, but she'd always make a play. Uh, and so I would say that Maya, from a perimeter standpoint, um, was one that, that I thought was very impactful. Let's talk quickly before we get back to Link's news about the national team. You've set your coaching staff, Mike Tebow, Carl, Carl Lawson, Joni Taylor. I assume you're putting Mike Tebow in charge of travel. <laughs> That's a good one, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, we, we, uh, obviously that was, you know, an unfortunate situation with Mike, uh, his response. Oh, yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm really excited about the staff and, um, you know, when you're involved with USA basketball, the quality of the, uh, the people, um, that, that are involved because they're very selective, the quality of the talent, like the coaches, uh, same true for the players. Like you have the best of the best and it's really hard. I think for the committee to kind of hone in. That's why for me, like, uh, to be thought of as, uh, the one to lead the national team, uh, for me was very overwhelming, uh, because there are so many coaches, uh, that could be chosen for the, for this role. And, you know, same is true for the assistant coaching staff that, um, there's just so many great choices and, and I'm, I'm thrilled with where we landed in, in, you know, in the college, uh, coaches and Kara Lawson and, and, uh, Joni Taylor, who, um, you know, obviously to be a part of this, you've had to find success, uh, love their demeanor, love their commitment and their passion. 
had a chance to work with Joni in our April camp in Minneapolis. Uh, Kara was in Tokyo with the three on three team and obviously was there in, in, uh, in Minneapolis. And, and obviously Mike, Mike and I have uh, had a long, uh, relationship in this league, uh, of trust and, uh, really value his experiences. You know, the winning is coach in the, in the WNBA better be a part of the national team staff. Uh, so, uh, I'm super excited and, and hopefully the players are too. When did you and Cara, Cara I always want to say Cara because of Cara Quinn. I've been, you right. know, uh, <laughs> She's Cara. Cara, I apologize, Cara, uh, Cara Lawson. When did you and Cara Lawson kind of uh, get to know each other? I would say we probably spent the most time together in Tokyo. Um, and even, even prior to that, we had a couple of training camps where Cara was working on uh, her three-on-three team. So we would do it in conjunction uh, with what we were doing in five on five. So we'd have a segment of practice that was three on three that allowed her to kind of get in there and work with some players. And uh, it was a great conditioner uh, for the five on five team because uh, playing three on three is no joke. Um, and that's why, you know, players like uh, Kelsey Plum, you know, who's extremely fit and, you know, well conditioned and, you know, Alicia Gray, Jackie Young, you think about those players uh, that, that won the gold. I mean, they're, they were, you know, like you, you got the pace of that thing is really, really quick. Um, but, but Karen and I spent some time together in Tokyo, um, just being able to, uh, I, I, I was really interested in her MBA experience. Um, you know, we talked, you know, different offensive schemes. And, uh, so I would say it's probably where we got, we spent the most time was, was when we were, uh, you know, quarantined together in Tokyo. And how about Joni? When did you get to know her? Well, well, I would say that our experience in April, uh, the training camp that we had um, in Minneapolis and got to be around Joni uh, on the court and, and obviously in meetings, et cetera, uh, have watched uh, Joni from afar. But in terms of interactions up close and personal, that was uh, that was the valuable time that we spent and uh, loved her. Um, you know, sometimes head coaches don't make um, great assistance and, and that can happen um, if you have a coach that. Um, you know, is all about their own ideas of what they would do. Uh, in these roles, you've got to be somebody that understands that, you know, like when I worked for Gina or when I worked for Dawn, it was, what do you want? What do you want me to bring out? You know, how are we going to play? Uh, and it's your job to then amplify that, um, you know, in your scouting efforts, in your communication with the players, et cetera. Uh, and so what I saw with Joni was a player that was, ve- I mean, a, a coach that was very interested, uh, one, investing in the time with the players, but two, what do we want? What do I want to do? Uh, and so Joni, I thought, was very attentive uh, to the schemes and then was quickly able to to apply them. Um, obviously she's, uh, found great success, uh, at the university of Georgia, um, uh, kind of brought them back after they struggled after the great Andy Landers retired. Uh, and then she was in position to now follow the legend, Gary Blair, that was at Texas A&M. Um, so Joni is highly, highly thought of. Let's hear about Livia and then we'll get back to the links and the sparks. How's, how's the Livia program going for you right now? It's going well. I, you know, the, the road trips and, and this is I'm really challenging myself. I've, I've got you know, this is an eight day road trip. So um, I've got a lot of meals packed. Uh, you know, I have uh, somebody else on the road uh, that, that joined us here in L.A. that uh, has also participated in Olivia and is participating. And we discussed our uh, our packing uh, techniques and, and uh, you know, the uh, how we're prepared and we're really committed to, you know, road life can be a little more challenging in, in the choices that you make. And, um, you know, in terms of your fresh and lean, which is your your uh, your healthy meal. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I might dip outside of it sometimes. 
but I think what, you know, coach Connie always tells me, but like, um, we're really good about like the, the fall off isn't maybe as dramatic as it would be prior to my, uh, commitment to the Olivia program. So, um, I'm on the home stretch here. I've, I've got a goal to reach my goal, uh, by season's end. And so this eight day road trip is really going to challenge that, as you mentioned, road life, uh, for the team, uh, you know, that that's challenging in terms of, you know, the playoff push, but it's also challenging for Cheryl and her goal <laughs> with Livia <laughs> that, uh, the better part of, uh, the best of the, the rest of the season is going to be on the road. So, uh, I feel very challenged by that. And, um, you know, I want to, uh, be in position to, to complete my goal and then, and then move to the next phase of the Livia program. We appreciate all of our sponsors here at the Cheryl Marie Show, including Rudy Luther, Luther Toyota, Cara Quinn, Successful Marketing Group, All Energy Solar, and TSR Injury Law. We'll tell you more about them in a minute. Uh, so I, I don't know if you want to get into other teams' business, but any thoughts on Liz Cambage and the drama in Los Angeles? I have zero thoughts on that. Yeah, I thought so. I just thought I'd give you the opportunity. <laughs> it's a very interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot there, and probably we probably can't get into it a little bit without getting into it a lot. So we'll move on here. Um, uh, Lynn, tell me about Lindsay Allen. Yeah, Lindsay Allen is a player that we've um, sort of feel like I've known her for a while, not because she played for us, but because she played for people that I was close to, like a Bill Lambeer and Katie Smith, uh, her time in New York. Uh, Bill, And then when Bill went to Vegas, um, very highly thought of in terms of her ability to control a team. And, uh, I've watched her, you know, kind of blossom in her career, uh, over in Australia, you know, become more of a scorer, become, you know, somebody that will shoot to three. Uh, so I think this is a player that's really learned a lot through her first, um, you know, five, six years in the league, um, has battled uh, an injury or two along the way. And for us, uh, we really felt like, even though it was a post player, uh, that we were replacing, we really felt like we needed, uh, to cover, uh, our guard play, our point guard play in particular with, uh, you know, Mariah, as we mentioned, struggling, uh, with her hyperextension of her knee. And, uh, it just really felt like the right thing to do. And, and I'm sure glad we did it. And, you know, Lindsay is, uh, her calm, you know, very unfazed. I remember asking Natalie and, uh, Kayla McBride about Lindsay Allen. They played with her at Notre Dame. So I now have four, a third of my team are, 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 uh, fighting Irish. So, uh, they they played together, and uh, Natalie just very simply said, "Coach, she can handle anything you throw at her, uh, and you know you you can cuss and spit at her, and she's just going to look at you and say okay." And uh, that that was uh, there couldn't be a truer description. And obviously, Katie you know, and her time with her, there's just a I think with someone like Lindsay Allen, for example, in the Atlanta game, um, she didn't play. Uh, she played in the first half a little bit, didn't play for the better part of the second half until. Uh, hit the fan in the fourth quarter and when that happened and we didn't get the the leadership we wanted at the position we turned to Lindsay allen to to close the game for us to to get us past uh you know that that difficult time and she did a great job uh so you know i i had no qualms about turning and, and throwing her in the game none whatsoever uh so there's a great deal of trust and that's hard to do when you've had such limited time together um you know she didn't know me doesn't know what we're running you know, trying to grab a, grab a hold of our schemes. Um, so just, you know, that's a player that, uh, you know, I've enjoyed. We made the decision to, to have her be a part of this. We really appreciate those who support the Cheryl Reeve Show, the Lynx Women's Sports in general. Today, we'll start with Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. 
Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Speaking of all energy solar, allenergysolar.com, do high utility bills have you seeing red? See green instead with solar power and net metering. With net metering, extra energy generated by your solar panels is sent back to the energy grid in exchange for credit on your electricity bill. Those credits pay for your energy use on days when solar production is low or your electricity use is high. Uh, Check out All Energy Solar for saving money on gas, uh, for saving money in utility bills, for increasing the resale value of your house, uh, for paying off in the long term, uh, no matter what you do. And they're great. These are great for business, too. So go to allenergysolar.com and check out all the ways that All Energy Solar, solar energy, can help you. Also, want to tell you about Cara Quinn. And I know we have ads about her new company, Sete Cole, S E T T E C O L L I. It's a cool Italian term. Uh, it's it's Cara's new business. But I'm, I'm just going to take a break from our normal uh, messaging about Cara. Just tell you, hey, uh, Cara sold our house. She did it quickly. She did it efficiently. Uh, you know, it sold really quickly after we put it on the market, even though the market is not quite as crazy as it was just a few months ago. We sold, and, and she just solved so many problems. She's always available. Uh, she's always texting, calling, checking in. Uh, you know, she's always reachable. Sometimes I feel guilty because we're reaching out to her at odd times. She's always responsive, always friendly, uh, always just easy to work with. She made selling our house just, it's the easiest thing we've ever done because of her. So check out Cara, check out her new company, Sete Coli, again, S-E-T-T-E-C-O-L-L-I. How's fouls holding up right now? And, and and do you have a minutes restriction in mind on hers or are you just playing everything as it comes? Well, that's that's the challenge. Uh, you know, still doesn't love the minute restrictions. She does understand it. I think as long as we don't go crazy uh, and put her in a, you know, 30 plus minute category, um, if we do that, we have, there's going to be cons- consequences to that. Uh, that's what we saw last time. I, I got her above uh, in the double overtime game, you know, minutes that she shouldn't have played. And uh, that was the, the Phoenix game. And we ended up paying the price. And she ended up, you know, about a week later, you know, starting to feel it. And uh, that was also a four games and six days stretch. That was not surprising uh, that we got to that place. Uh, so we, we got the injection to kind of help her uh, manage the pain that that's in her knee. And, and uh, uh, I think at this point we're going to stay with the mindset of, you know, restricting her as much as we can. You know, that's why as fast as we could get out of that Atlanta game, we got her out. She was terrific in the game um, defensively, really, really good. And, and then obviously, you know, kind of helped us, you know, stop the bleeding, you know, anytime you could throw into sill and she gets three point plays uh, that's huge. And um, so, you know, I, I hope that we can, you know, have quality play behind her so that we can restrict her because we really, really, you know, if we get a chance to be in the postseason, we certainly want still to be a part of it. Uh, if we gas her and, and overdo it and we, we are fortunate enough to get in the playoffs, um, it, 
we wouldn't have her and we, we just don't want to do that. So we've got to balance that desire to, to win and stay in the hunt with also that if you do get there, you got to make sure you have someone like Sill in there. I've had exactly that same conversation with twins people about Buxton. It's like, you know, yes, of course we want to play him every day. If we play him every day, he's going to get hurt. And, and what's the point of making the postseason if you don't have your best player healthy? That's right. And it's tough because you feel like yeah. you have to have them to get to the postseason. So it's tough. But, you know, what I've learned and it's really been really been good for me that um, Sill's helping us in a more limited role. You know, her per 40 is off off the charts, off the charts. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, but again, the I think we're getting quality play. Our, our four post players have been uh, largely helpful to us. And, and so kind of gaining that confidence in what we can do behind Sill. We look different. Um, but, but we can still get there. We could still be successful. And so, you know, having the confidence to do that and utilize, um, you know, the, the, the full complement of post players. And even at times, if you need to, uh, we have Bridget Carlton who can play the four. So, um, you know, and a, and a, and a fresh sill, you know, when she's coming back in the game and she's, you know, feeling good and not aching and that sort of thing, cause we overdid it. I mean, that, that's, that's something that's been illuminating for us. Carlton's been shooting with great confidence lately. Yeah, it's nice to have. Um, that's what we expect of her, and, and uh, hopefully she can keep that going. Um, you know, the Atlanta stretch was 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 very very good, um, and and uh, you know that's a player that's kind of had her struggles this season, and so it's it, hopefully she's on the other side of that. I sense that some Lynx fans question whether Sylvia is getting her due in comparison with Sue Bird, who obviously is a you know huge national figure and has has received a lot of attention. I know you hold both players in high regard. Have you, have you sensed that? Do you feel that at all? Oh, there's no question. Sylvia's not. And and look no further than the All Star Game, uh, where ESPN. You know who who should know better? Uh, the the personalities on ESPN. Uh, although that's not them who's operating the cameras, but when two legends like Sue and and Sil are departing the court, uh, we only get a visual of Sue Bird leaving. And then we get a flash of uh, the back of Syl after she's already uh, kind of left the floor. And so I, I thought it was a big miss. That is a microcosm of what's happening. Um, and and it's, it's unfortunate, you know, that, uh, you know, we, we know the personality that Sue is. And I got to tell you that Sue was very aware of it. Mm-hmm. And Sue was very uncomfortable. Uh, when, and Sue has to go out of her way uh, that when an official following the All-Star game, when an official uh, takes the game ball, and brings it to Sue and does not, not acknowledge Syl. That happened. Sue then uh, goes to Syl. So Sue is very aware of all that's happening with that, and there's a huge discrepancy. And, um, it's very disappointing, and obviously it leads to conversations around race um, and you know the difficulties uh, for black females. Uh, we, we celebrate the hell out of the successful white uh, players in our league. Um, and that's, you know, that's challenging, uh, that that's something that the white players in the league are very aware of, uh, and are trying to like, like a Paige Beckers who, uh, used uh, part of her ESPYs, uh, uh, award, uh, to, to bring light to that, you know, that, um, we, we have to do better. And, and the, the, those that are in position to use their voices like a Paige Beckers, uh, or, uh, I would, I would say Sabrina Ionescu. Um, you know, Elena Deladon, these are players that are, are anointed. Um, and, 
you know, that's, that's, that's tough. I think for the, the really, really special, um, you know, black athletes that we have in our league and it's unfair and, uh, absolutely exists when it comes to, to Sue and Sill. Um, and I don't know how to instantly change that. You know, that's, that's something we have to just continue to bring the light to. Wow. Good stuff. Um, I am sorry it's happening. Not good stuff that it's happening, but I appreciate your thoughts on it. Uh, let's get a final sh- thought from Cheryl here. Once again, thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Thank you for, to all of our sponsors. Thanks to everyone who listens. Best way to listen to your, your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also go and find the shows and the archives of all the shows at talknorth.com. Uh, the best sports lineup in town. If you like basketball, you might also want to listen to the John Krasinski show. And of course, we're very lucky to have Cheryl Reeve on the network. All right, Cheryl, any uh, final thought on anything you like? Uh, beat LA. That's, that's my, my thoughts as I sit here. Beat LA. Um, I guess that leads to an, uh, one more question. Is LA still your primary rival? Do you view them that way? Not a rival, um, just a, a level of disdain. Um, <laughs> That I don't, as I I don't care whether we're playing LA and uh, you know uh, basketball or or spoons or or tiddlywinks, whatever it is, you just want to freaking beat uh, beat the Sparks. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always hold that uh, you know emotion um, uh, around them. You know, we've had some other great uh, rivals uh, at different times in our franchise's history. There's a couple teams that we always really. Uh, have a have a level of uh, passion to compete against. Um, certainly, uh, LA is is uh, if not the top, uh, you know, ju- just you know, one A, one B. And um, I don't care who's who's playing for the team. I don't care about the changes on our team. Uh, that's something that uh, I think it's well known uh, by by those in our franchise. Great show, thank you, Cheryl. Enjoy LA. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Jim.